now is prayerfully read our way through Psalm 121. Uh, Once again, if it says reader, that's me. If it says congregation, that's y'all. If it says men, you. if it says ladies, you, you can get this, right? This is not rocket surgery. This is not brain science. You got this. It's going to work. Okay. Let's, uh, let's read through this prayerfully together. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither sleep nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep you. You're going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. This morning we're talking about help. And let me begin and end with this, this list of questions. Where, what are you counting on? What makes your life dependable? What makes you feel secure? What makes you feel safe in an unsafe world? Because we live in a world that is filled with the unexpected, filled with danger and threat. In a way, you and I know more about danger and threat than any generation that has come before us because we have the interwebs. And we have the CNN and the Fox News. And we have information about stuff that happened all the way in California, other side of the country, all the way in uh, Kabul. You heard about that shooting that happened yesterday, right? All the way on the other side of the world. And you're hearing about it. Disaster and danger surrounds us in ways that no previous generation has ever had to deal with, which means in some ways that we have kind of terror fatigue you know, we, we feel these threats and dangers that maybe aren't even really very real for us. You ever feel threatened coming here? We live in, in a world where this kind of place ought to be the ultimate safety. But you maybe t- feel like you're taking a risk to come to this building? Because maybe it's become a target? Do you have to be faithful to walk into church? Maybe more faithful than previous generations had to be. And there's also, we're so much more familiar with what goes on in our bodies and the kind of health threats that we have. We have so much more medical technology, but that means that we have so much more information. We know more about the dangers that threaten us on the microscopic level than ancient man could have even dreamed. What makes you safe? Is your health insurance? Your life insurance? (laughs) It's not doing anything for you. Is it your, your... Excellent driving? Are you confident in yourself? Your good marriage? What makes you feel safe in an unsafe world? Maybe it's the Beatles. In uh, 1964, uh, in February, uh, these four guys came over from Liverpool, England, and they started doing this with their head. And uh, people about my mom's age just melted. And they just, ah! You know, and... uh, you know, just a few years later, they look like this. You know, what do you got there? You got a serial killer, a lawyer, a cowboy, and a rabbi. Uh, 
all I conclude is that the American atmosphere is very bad for rock stars. This is not good for us because they were kind of, you know, handsome young men. Anyway, they uh, sing lots of great songs that I am still deeply moved by. You may be familiar with their song, Help. You know that one? That was definitely a this song. You know, it wasn't Rosemary Wood or whatever that, or The Long and Winding Road, which got a little more surreal, you know, or Revolution 9. Have you heard that? Weird stuff. But Help, Help was great. And uh, here are the lyrics to that song. You probably know them. You can probably sing them along. I don't even have to put them up there, do I? When I was younger, so much younger than today, I never needed anybody's help in any way. But now those days are gone and I'm not so self-assured. Now I find I've changed my mind and opened up the doors. I'm sorry, that's profound wisdom from young guys. They weren't all that old. And there's something about getting older that helps you run into the truth that you need help. That nobody gets through this life without assistance. You just can't do it. Because there are dangers that threaten us all over the place. And whether those dangers are from the outside coming in, or whether those dangers are inside of us. And the kind of emotional collapse and turmoil that can happen to anybody. There is trouble all around, isn't there? And if you live long enough, and some people are running into it when they're very young. You know, you got an old soul, you know, who run, runs into the real threat and danger in this world. But if you live long enough, you eventually reach the point where you realize that your resources have been outstripped by your needs. And that you're not going to get through this life unassisted. You just aren't. So where do you turn? When your resources are spent, and when you are exhausted and you realize you can't do anything about what's going on, where do you go? At that moment, we don't need encouragement. I mean, we need encouragement. But not really. Or, or self-help, or direction, or therapy. All those things have their place. They're all good. But when you really hit the point where you are like, oh, you realize that what you really need is salvation. That you need a Savior. That this world is too mean, and too problematic, and too troubled. And also, so is your own heart. There's too much of a mess, and you can't solve it. You've tried, and you've realized that you can't, where do you turn? Maybe you turn to a campfire. This uh, series that we're doing is a series of prayer songs that, that the Israelis would sing, that the Hebrews would sing on their way to Jerusalem. They would sing these songs as they traveled up, and these songs, I, I kind of wish that we had their tunes. I really do, because I would love to sing with them. But at least I can pray with them because these songs are all of them prayer songs. And as people made the journey to Jerusalem where they knew they would encounter God because God's temple was there and God had made His name to dwell there. The Holy of Holies was there. They weren't even allowed in, but they could get as close to it as they could and they would be near to the presence of God. And so as they drew near to the presence of God, they prayed. They sang these songs. They would get together in the evening. And as the meal is done, they would break out the guitar or the lyre or the harp or the flute. And they would begin to sing together the song that the Lord had taught them to sing. You realize these are inspired songs. 
Right? I mean, the, the Psalms are absolutely loaded with messianic language that the church would later use to identify Jesus. They would say, we know that the Lord is who He is because after all, it's in our songbook. Before He came, God was already having us sing about Him, already having us pray about Him. Here He is. And so these are prayers that God has given to us that we might give them back to Him. He's teaching us to pray. And these prayers are designed for people who want to enter into the presence of the Lord our God. It's what they're for. So when we say, where do I go for help? Wouldn't it be great if He taught us to pray about that? Yeah, He did. He did. You remember remember last week we looked at this. In my distress, I called to the Lord. In my distress, that's somebody who needs help. I almost think it's... It's, there's a good chance that it's on purpose that 121 follows 120. You know, that the very next psalm is about singing about help. Because we have looked at it and said, I'm a troubled person. I'm in trouble here. What do I do? I need help. And the very next word is, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where am I going to find help? Where does it come from? If you look at different scholars, there are different ways of understanding that first phrase. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Some people think it means the hills of Jerusalem. I'm looking towards Jerusalem. That's where my help comes from. And so the, the, first, uh, the first phrase actually answers the question asked in the second one. And I don't think so. I think that these people are singing as they are traveling, remember? And so they're pilgrims on a journey. They've left the safety of home and the shelter of their house, the safety of their village where they know everybody, into a place where nobody knows them and they know no one. And if they live far enough away, they're not even surrounded by their own people. And as they journey and they look out at the hills, they see threat. I don't know if you can see that picture, but it's the picture of a hillside. Empty and open, but lots of trees. And who knows what's in them? And if you're at the base of a hill, someone standing up on top of it has a great view of you, and you don't have much of a view of them. They can see, they can count your numbers, they can count the men, and they can know that you, you are absolutely a takeable band. They can take all your stuff and take all your lives. So standing there surrounded by the hills that are full of threat, the people who have just sung about their distress sing, I look out there. And it's trouble. I have distress within. I have danger without. Where am I going to find help? Have you ever been there? God is teaching you to pray about it. When you feel that danger, when you feel the threat of the hills, you are supposed to pray, what am I going to do about this? Don't hide your terror from God and don't pretend it's not there. He's training you. Pray, where does my help come from? Because the very next thing He teaches you is something to say to yourself. My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. As solid as rock, as safe as a fortress, as protective as an army, my help is in the One who made all of this. If it's filled with threat, the One who created it is bigger. I have nothing to be afraid of here because He made anything that would threaten me. 
So I will stand in the safety of the Lord my God saying, no, my help comes from you and I will trust you because you are trustworthy. That's what we are trained to pray. In the time of danger, in the time of fear, in the time of threat, we say, I am okay. Even if I'm not. My help comes from you, God, and I trust that you will get me through whatever comes. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's easy or difficult, my help is in you. And you are stronger than any of it. My help is in the name of the Lord. I trust God. That's what you're supposed to pray. Now why would we need to pray that? Well, I need to pray that because it's not always true for me. I forget. Sometimes my problems can loom large in front of me and they can be so big that I can set my eyes on those problems instead of the Lord. The moment I look at Jesus, whatever I'm facing is like, well, he faced worse and worse and he did all right. He got through it. Was it hard for him? Absolutely. Will this be hard for me? Probably. Maybe. But my help comes from the Lord. I can, I can trust that I'll get through this as long as I'm walking with him. What happened to Peter the moment he took his eyes off the Lord? That's why we pray this. I want you to notice something. Up to now, it's been in the first person. Notice that it shifts to second person. It goes from, my help is in the Lord, to, He will not let your foot be moved. You see that? Why why does the song do that? Because if I'm going to be able to say that, I need not to tell God stuff, I need the Word of God to tell me stuff. I need to hear in my own prayer, in my own song, I need to hear, okay, well, here's why I can trust. He has promised that my foot's not going anywhere. I'm going to be all right. Now, what does that phrase mean? He will not let your foot be moved. Because have you ever been in a point where you felt like you tripped? Life was going along just fine, and then suddenly it wasn't going fine? Things went from simple to a lot harder all of a sudden. Or maybe you've lived in chronic stumbling. Where for a long time, your situation was worse than what you could handle. Well, he promised that my foot won't move. So, what does that mean? I'm supposed to have a stable life, right? Well, if you've lived long, you know that's not what that means. So what does it mean? Well, it, let me start it. A stable foot doesn't mean that He won't let anything bad happen to you. Remember, Jesus could sing this song with everything in His heart. He inspired it. And yet, what was Jesus' experience? His stable foot included a walk to the cross. And so it doesn't mean nothing bad's going to happen to you. What it means is that when, when bad things do happen... He will not let you become less than what you are meant to be. You will stand sound and solid in the easy time when things are going simple and you're tempted not to pay attention and it's easy to drift. He will keep you focused. 
Keep your heart and soul focused on Him, and He will keep you safe when things are easy. And when things get hard, well, you've been there. You've turned to Him when you had to, didn't you? And did your foot move? It may have felt like your back was bent and the walk was unbearable, but you made it. You're still here. And He used those times to make you stronger, didn't He? You will not collapse under the weight because your help comes from the Lord. And He won't let you give up. If you keep hold of Him, He'll keep hold of you. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. What is that promise about? It's about His absolute dependability. He doesn't come and go. He doesn't grow old. He doesn't get sick. He doesn't die. I know what it is to live in this life with a sleeping keeper. I go to this well a lot because it's a big thing in my own life, but that's my dad's tombstone. And he went to sleep when I was nine. And he's been underneath that ground ever since. And there have been many times in my life when I thought, how am I going to get through this? About a year after he went to sleep, my mom remarried, and he, she married a really great keeper. And Don Silkman was fantastic. He's gone too. I know what it is to have a sleeping keeper. It hurts. It feels empty. You look up and there's nobody there. But he won't sleep. The one who keeps you is always attentive. You sleep. He doesn't. You change. He doesn't. You struggle. He doesn't. He is always with you. Always watching. Always guiding. Always caring. And not just watching. Keeping. You in the palm of His hand. Safe. The Lord is your keeper. At the beginning or the end of the year, we looked at what that means. He keeps you through trouble. He keeps you in joy. He keeps you for Himself. He holds you when you're grieved. He holds you when you're rebellious. He holds you when you're unhappy. He keeps you because He wants you. And He tends to you. And He cares for you. And that's how you've made it through life to this day. And it is how you will make it through tomorrow and every tomorrow that comes for as long as you draw breath or until the Lord our God comes again. He is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. Right there with you. He is never further away from you than your next breath. And there are times when we feel absolutely alone. He's there. Our feelings about His presence or absence come from the breaking of the world, not from the breaking of God, because He's unbroken. He is with you, always right there. Never farther away than your next breath. Always at your side, even when you are running away. What happens when you turn around? Isn't He right there? Always at your right hand? He is your shade to protect you. And then these two things, the, the, the sun shall not strike you by day, which is clearly a promise that people who are really faithful never get sunburned. 
No, once again, it's not that the bad thing never happens. Or the moon by night. And again, I think of those travelers sitting out in the, in the vulnerable darkness, surrounded by perhaps thieves who have no fire watching their campfire burn low, waiting for them to go to sleep so they can come kill them. But no, the Lord will protect. The Lord always protects. And well, what about martyrs? Do you honestly think martyrs are unprotected? What do you think? They are the most rescued of all people. They are taken into the presence of God immediately. They are with God even now. No, there is nothing this world can do to you. And all the things that appear to be threats are just that, appearances. If you are with God, then this world can't ultimately harm you. If God is for us, then who can be against us? Even powers as great as the sun and the moon are pebbles in His hand. You're safe. And when the tragedy hits and the terror strikes and the pain hits, where do you turn? You turn to the Lord. You rest yourself in His shade. It is only His Spirit that soothes. Only His promise that comforts. Only His salvation that matters. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Your keeper doesn't just protect you from the exterior danger of the threatening sun or the dangerous moon. Because there are dangers far more serious than they. If somebody comes at me to hurt me, or this world collapses on me, that's bad, and it's awful, and it hurts. But the real threat is the danger I choose when I choose my sins. That's the real threat to me. Because while these other dangers might kill my body, they can't touch my soul. But sin can destroy me body and soul. Sin can take me away. Sin can take me away from God. But He will keep me from it. His promise to me is that if I will come to Him, He will redeem me out of all the evils that I so willingly walk into. And don't you find that to be true? The more you walk with God, what happens to your desire to be wicked? The more you walk with God, what happens to your foolishness? The more you walk with God, isn't He keeping you more and more? There's a reason God said in front of Israel, you will sing these songs three times a year as you journey to Me. Three times a year. You will live in the regular rhythm of drawing near to Me. Why? Because without Him, I'm evil. Without Him, I'm trapped. I'm in danger. I need Him to keep me because I'm lousy at keeping myself. But with His help, I do keep myself. Self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. I find the deliverance and the escape from God when I turn to the One who helps me. And He will help. There is always a way of escape. Always. And the longer we walk with Him, the more easy it becomes to find it. He will keep you alive. Because sin kills the heart long before it kills the body. And it is so easy to walk around dead. But not when you're helped by the Lord. He brings us into life out of death. He resurrects the person 
He brings you more and more into what you were meant to be. My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. And He is the remaker of me. And trusting God is a protection against the threat of sin. And really, it's our only bulwark against it. When the temptation strikes, you can run to God or you will run to sin. What do you want? He says, the Lord will keep you. He will keep your, your going out and your coming in from this time forth forevermore. What's that about? Well, when the journey is over, they're going to go home. They're going to walk in and out of their door. It's what you do in daily life. This prayer is saying, this is actually, we're saying this to God, but it's really God saying it to us. I am with you always. Always. To the very end of the age. There's never a moment when you go into some place and you shut the door and I'm not there. There's never a time when you walk out your door into danger and threat that I don't surround you. I am always with you, whether you are laughing or grieving, whether you are happy or angry, whether you are in danger or you feel content, I am your help. From now and from now on, always with you. Always, always. And what happens to the soul that prays that? Don't you begin to trust? Doesn't it recast all the threats of your life? All of them, both those outside that surround you and the great threat of sin. Doesn't it change all that? Adam and Eve ran from their help. They ran and they hid, and it's the threat of all of their children. We want to run away from God when we sin, when we blow it, or when danger threatens, we want to take care of it ourselves. And God is saying, Come to me. I'm your safety. I'm your protection. I'm your refuge. Come to me and be saved because I am your helper. It is God saying it. It's not one of us. It's Him. I am your safety. Come to me. So when you face threat or you face danger, where are you going to go? Pray this prayer. Train your heart when you're not in danger so that when you are, you'll know how to do it. Pray this prayer. At the very beginning of the journey, as the journey is starting out, this is song number two, God reminds us to call to Him for help because He wants to. He wants to help you. And as you look back over your life, don't you see that that's true? Don't you know it? In your bones, you know that He is your help. Turn to God. Let's pray this together. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. What are you counting on? Where is your confidence? 
Why are you safe in this unsafe world? Because you are with the Lord your God, maker of heaven and earth. If you're not in a safe place today, if your life doesn't feel safe or secure at all, we want to pray for you. We really do. If you need this prayer to strengthen your faith, to get through life, we want to help. We're a praying church. Let us do it. It may be that you came in here and there's stuff going on in your life. It has nothing to do with what we talked about today, but you need the prayers of the people of God. Let us know. And if you're not a Christian, come follow Jesus with us. If this morning you're subject to the invitation of God, there's room right here. Why don't you come while we 